don't need them. Lord knows I don't need them. Telling me I can see them, but I never need them. Listen close to my leader. They tell me that they need me, but they trying to deceive me. I'm free now, please leave me. I'm taking my freedom now. I'm living in freedom now. I'm taking my freedom now. I'm taking my freedom now. I'm taking my freedom back. I'm taking my freedom back. I'm living in freedom now. Hey. Welcome everyone back to Inquisitive Minds. Um, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good wherever you are. Um, and we back again on the airwaves. Uh, first of all, I must introduce the original originals. Um, DJ Aaron Eight Six Eight. How are you, sir? How are you going today, pal? I'm always great, and I'm never late. Never, ever, 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 never, ever. Nah, for real, never. Ever. And of course, I want to introduce the next co-host, um, my brother in philosophy, uh, Ricardo Mitchell. How are you doing, boss? I am cool. I am. I am good. And navigating, navigating. In the space. Yeah, you're on your game, should you? Looking like you want to say something. No, I thought you was gonna hit us one here. Um, one of my informal lines now, but oh. I, I'm so glad you did it. Zoom. How are you going, right? Before he says, <laughs> boy, I, I'm good. Eh? Uh, what? <laughs> They're blocking the road and sitting down my meat, boy. So uh, all the back roads, um, darling, over the years, kind of, kind of, you know, paying his dues. <laughs> what I, I could ask before we go on, what are blocking roads for? Because I know in Claxton Bay, the blocking roads for one thing. Mm-hmm. So what are blocking roads for down on your end? Road conditions, boy. Grand trees, um, and different communities going down to point before points. Yeah. All the roads, you know how it is. Well, then, right. if that's the case, I think we should block all roads in Trinidad and Tobago. But Boy, that's a whole other discussion. There's a road in Woodland. I swear the entrance to Heather. Because it's how it goes down like this. It's ridiculous. Oh, Man, the entrance to Heather, no. <laughs> you understand? You're making me want to ask you how you know what the entrance to Heather is. Be Boy, like. it's, 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 it had to be that road. And listen, right. that, when they talk about all the different references in all the books, it had to be that road. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I wouldn't suggest that the entrance to hell is really Aaron's memory lane. We could leave that where it is. I mean, I wouldn't be one to suggest such a thing this lovely evening. <laughs> evening, I'm drinking coffee. Yeah? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, a great, a great like manhole cover because we know that, um, yeah, Aaron, put it together. We know we, no, we, we have, no, 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 stop, stop. Stop. no, 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 stop, 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 stop. A manhole cover. Yes, Aaron. That's solid object, right? No, some of them are just gratings. Then the one that covers the drains, uh, is that different from a manhole cover? Also, he's trying to say is that I'm a, I'm a, I just drain covering. That's, that's what it is saying. Listen, all this evening, uh, we, we, interestingly enough for this, um, uh, the allusions to the scrap iron industry or the fledgling scrap iron industry. I was doing a little bit of reading, and mm-hmm. a man, a man on LinkedIn posts a very interesting um postulation as to whether or not we should recognize scrap iron as an industry. What we could do to support it, because when you really look at it too, it lends itself to sustainability, repurposing, waste management, etc. 
So I guess um Brendan Aganakiki to what you to properly introduce this this scholar, this man who have my um this man who am I thinking about things in a way I wasn't thinking about them before. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very, very happy because before we start to talk about the topic, I, I really want to introduce our guest, uh, Dr. Kevin Flaherty. And I just want to give a little bit of a background. Um, Dr. Kevin Flaherty is a management scientist with over 10 years experience in business transformation and strategy, right? He's an alum of uh, Arthur Dr. Jack GSB. Um, he completed his PhD in management science and engineering at Shanghai University, right? And um, I must say, Dr. Perry is also my operations management lecturer, and he gave me an A. Thanks, Dr. Perry. Um, he, he gave you an A? It. Yeah, I mean, I worked with an A. And I'm not going to say he gave you an A or you earned an A. I, I, I facilitated an A. You facilitated an A. And I must say, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed his class. Um, and the reason why I um, I think Dr. Ferry is perfect for the conversation we're about to have is because we have a couple of things happening. We have one, the budget, um, spotlight on the budget was just passed and um, and we have the budget that's going to be read uh, closer to the end of the month. And Dr. Ferry has a, you know, a multifaceted background in terms of technology, supply chain and energy. So, and because he has a background also in innovation, I think he's the perfect person to have a discussion with us. Because the question we were having, and this is a discussion that we have on inquisitive minds and outside inquisitive, inquisitive minds, sometimes uh, when we used to partake in certain watering holes mm -hmm. uh, about diversification for China and Tobago. And, you know, it's a general, very, very broad topic. But you know, I added the term realistically because, and when I was discussing with you guys, realistically, because everybody says, you know, we had to diversify, we had to go into agriculture. But there's the, there's the whole thing about the amount of revenue that you could get and capacity and some realistic things that you had to think of. So, you know, that is this big topic of, of, of diversification and really can, what can we look at realistically? And I really believe Dr. Flurry is the perfect person to talk about this. So, Dr. Flurry, um, with that long intro, I want to say welcome and, and thanks and anything you want to tell us before we, we kick off with that question. Okay, I want to I want to thank you guys for having me this afternoon. I know we had initial talks some while ago where you invited me to the program and for one reason or the other, I was unable to attend, but I'm happy that I'm here this afternoon to interact with you guys. All right, because uh, 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 as I said on the on the phone call we had, you know, um, when you come into the the university and you interact with us at university level, you 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 already interested in 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 in, in that type of conversation, and really we need the conversation to be wider than it currently is. So this facility here is a great mechanism to reach persons who would not typically come through the doors of a university and, and, and be in the conversation because um, the smarter we all are, the better decisions we can make. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that, Dr. Ferry. Um, I mean, on points in terms of the introduction and where our headspace is at, um, in terms of the thinking, so I'll 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 guys are kicking off with a with my, my little intriguing first question. You know, we have 
a number of competing things that are happening globally, right? So the, the, the question around diversification is always about uh, what else do we need to do? So, you know, there will be agriculture, some people say shipping, some people say technology, some people say this, some people say that. And there, there is, we seem to be pushing and pulling without like a, a, a general direction. And, you know, we have a number of competing or a number of international headwinds. Um, we have some a lot of supply chain issues. We have global inflation. We have energy prices issues. Um, and these things we've been experiencing what's happening, I, I would say before COVID and before the war in Ukraine. So with that in mind, and you know, when I wrote, when I talked, was writing about this, I was thinking about, you know, um, plantation economy. I don't know if other fellows might remember, remember that concept plantation economy. Dr. Mm -hmm. Lloyd Best, you know, talk about a plantation economy that, you know, replace sugarcane with oil. Mm -hmm. So this whole question about what really is diversification and, you know, what would it mean for us to China to be realistic or so, Dr. Flery, so the question I wanted to ask is, is about diversification and what is not part of the conversation that you think needs to be a part of the conversation? What should we be, you know, kicking off this conversation about before we get into the details of what is right and what is wrong? So I'll, I'll, I'll tip my hat over to you, sir. Okay, thank you for the question. And it's a very important question because we you will find... Where this question is concerned, there's a lot of divergence and differences in regards to how we should diversify. And that is because we are taking an approach to diversification that is largely based on the persons of interest and their subjective position in regards to how they should develop the economy. Now, there are a number of agents within our economy that would want to influence uh, development of the economy for one reason or the other, and we're not here really to talk about that. What we're here to talk about is the idea that in order to develop an economy sustainably, you need to have a developmental plan that is a national plan, right? If we were to look at China, for example, uh, we would see that these countries that, that, that are growing uh, substantially do so because they are implementing plan, plans that are greater than a five-year term. You see, the idea that we, are, that we have to change our agenda every five years, actually, um, and when we are change that agenda every five years, put a pause on some of the developmental works that we would have done, that actually sets us back. All right? Um, I don't know if you could recall uh, the late Patrick Manning's idea of Vision 2020. That was on the right track in regards to developing a national plan, but it soon became a political tool and elements of it were um, refuted and rejected by the opposing party. But it was a step in the right direction, and I would say we would have to go back to developing a national plan and political parties' performance should be judged on whether or not they could achieve milestones within that national plan during their tenure. 
tonight. Two thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, if I, could, if I had more hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tell me, between us, we could give him six thumbs up, fellas. Yeah, yeah tell him six thumbs up. Get yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Big. No, I, I, I know, Aaron, you'd mentioned uh, in our Prime Minister for the episode. Yeah. You, you were adamant about the need for a plan that exceeded a political term, a plan that exceeded a political agenda. Yeah. So. Um, because like hearing this is 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 music to my ears right um because i am adamant and every election i will say it that i think the ministry of planning and development should be separate and apart from that should that could change government in government out that's actually a good a very good point you know uh, there are certain ministries like planning and development maybe not the entire um ministry because some of the functional duties will still have to remain under the government yeah. in charge, but arms of it, so departments of it, could be um, focused towards a national agenda and run independently like the Elections and Boundaries Commission. Well done. I, I, wouldn't, be that, I, I wouldn't be that guy. I wouldn't be that guy. I was going to say something. <laughs> but I'm, 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 don't be that guy. <laughs> I give you that work for sure, for sure, for sure. I know we straight. Yeah, so I, I am um, as Brendan is a, a economic uh, glutton in the sense that uh, once it comes to international policy, macro, microeconomics, once it have that element, Brendan is going to consume it. Aaron, I know one of your day jobs is in accounting. I'd say one of I have one day job. All right, all right sir, I hear you. And and now we have we have a, a career academic sitting here with us. I am going to represent the average Joe. I am going to represent the man on the street who does not know how much these policies, how much these um balancing the books and these investments and diversification. I'm going to represent a person who does not quite understand how impactful this information is. Because I'm hearing, all right, we need a, a national policy. But before Dr. Flery's suggestion, I had no clue how we would have measured a government success. But now I have an understanding that if there's a national plan where you could tick boxes along that plan, as opposed to just satisfying your individual manifesto, now I understand that maybe I could start to scale achievement and accomplishment a little differently. That is right. Mm -hmm. That is right. But let me say this, sir. Huh? And I mean, I try to be as objective as possible. So I would speak to the policy um, um, issue, but I will also speak to the responsibility of the citizenry. All right. And why, why I say that? You see, when you start developing national plans, a national plan, for example, right, seeks to, in a democratic society, it seeks to create more good, right, than focus specifically on an area, right? It focuses on national development, right? Of course, national development would mean um, pockets of infrastructure may have to be developed but if we are working on this national plan, what it may mean is that some of the individual interests 
in different parts of the country may have to be sacrificed for the greater good. If we look at Singapore model, for example, we would have seen in the Singapore model that the prime minister that liberated and, and developed Singapore into what it is today, uh, he went to school with Dr. Eric Williams, by the way, right? If, if we were to take an approach like him, he would have told his citizens here what? I know you in South want something that is different from you in Central, that is different from you in the East, that is different from you in the West. <clears throat> but if we work on these national objectives and build capacity within the country, everyone in North, South, East and West will benefit. And that is what he did in his country. And now the entire country is richer than they um, have ever been. So what does it mean for the, 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 the individual in the street? It means that when we stand up, we, we, we are vexed about something that's affecting our life, and rightfully so, because it creates an inconvenience. But once we start to move towards having a national plan, we then have to enforce that national plan and ensure the the government is fulfilling the objectives of that national plan. And we would have to put our personal interests second to that national plan with the idea that the national plan will bring fruits that will impact not just our lives, but the lives of everyone in the country. So we have to be responsible in monitoring and evaluating what the leaders are doing and we have to be responsible in what we are asking for because if we have a national plan and we protest for something um that is not in line with that agenda then what it can cause it can cause us to fall short of the objectives of the national plan i am somewhat disheartened and the reason I'm saying that is because while these gentlemen uh, love the numbers, I myself, I like to study behavior. I like to study right. motivation. And what you're telling me is that for our economic growth, we're going to have to rely on some ethical and personal responsibility and accountability. Some sacrifice. Yes. Some, some, some sense a collective identity in terms of at least what our aspiration is so that we could we could value the um, sacrifice yes that's what i'm saying yes so so basically the motto of trinidad and tobago that says together we aspire together we achieve should be the modus operandi of every citizen <laughs> Uh, this guy is chaplain. <laughs> I, 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 I just, I just ask him because if we are looking at our national plan, that means that as a nation, we need to think the same way to an extent. Right. But then well, again, well, at, least agree. Is, at least gotta, agree. At least yeah. agree. At least agree. But then we had he saying that great minds think alike. So why must I follow our national plan to my personal detriment? Right. Why Why my road in Grants Road must remain unpaved for the highway to get paved so that an ambulance can go up easily with someone who needs urgent medical attention? Right. Hmm. Just an example. 
But you right. see, and that, that is the thing, boy. I'm, I am wondering, you know, maybe that that in itself uh, is is what 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 Aaron is talking about. There might be the issue. Maybe of our policymakers, leaders, maybe have too much of a dichotomy, and maybe there's some a, a, a halfway point in which we could facilitate a service and still achieve the national agenda. I'm, I'm wondering what that halfway point is. I'm not sure if I if I clear what I'm talking about. Can, can we have a connecting road for the people in in in, in Grants Road <laughs> at the same time? Pave the highway. You understand? Right, right, right. Well, well, to answer that question, now that we set this premise, to answer that question, we could now start to talk a little more analytical, right? Mm-hmm. How do we now um, select the areas to diversify? Right, of course, there are a lot of studies on this, there are a lot of models all over the world that tells us how to do it. Um, but ideally, one whatever model we, we were to go with, when we select these pillars of growth, um, the pillars of growth wouldn't necessarily cause you to be at distress, but of course, it would mean that. If I prioritize, for example, the shipping industry, uh, improving the port facilities and all of that and, 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 and dredging the sea to get deep water containers in and, and increase the, 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 the containers, um, 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 the amount of containers that can come in the country, what it will do, right? What that sacrifice will do, it will increase rents, it will increase employment, right? it will cause us to position ourselves within the logistics and trade maritime sector in the Caribbean. So, I mean, it, 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 you, I mean, we need to understand what is at stake. You know, when we look at innovation and competitive factors and performance within the Caribbean, we are improving, yes, but at a slower rate than other countries around us. What does that mean? That means if you do not make the sacrifice today and we continue to get outperformed, guess what? You would end up in the grocery one day and you will not be able to live the life you want to live. Hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So I mean, ba- sorry, go ahead. So basically, these decisions we make in today are going to impact our lives somewhere down the road. Yeah, I, I mean that's 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 what decisions are about, and that's what choices are about. And I mean, if we look at at the individual level, you make a choice today. They would call it a good choice. They might call it a bad choice. But I can tell you, at the individual level, that that choice is going to have an implication on you tomorrow. It is no different at the national level. In fact. In fact, the severity of it would increase at the national level because now we're talking about livelihoods. Yes, so, Doctor Flurry, I mean, you talk a little bit about shipping there, and I really want to throw that out with, with, with a little something I was thinking about this again. You know, you know, I, I see it as such. You know, diversification is, is to me is utilizing the skill set and the comparative advantage that you have, you know, the skills that you have right now and seeing what could best align and fit, you know, 
Mm-hmm. Unless you are fabric like Aaron, right? Who have a mind for, for creative and finance and analytical and creativity and things. Some people have that ability to straddle two areas, right? But you know, for us being, you know, energy-based economy, you know, and shipping being a sort of energy intensive type industry, it is not too much of a stretch for us to look at shipping, you know. Look at where we are, you know where we are in terms of the Caribbean, near Latin America, near the US. And, you know, something I was thinking about in terms of, of what's happening, in terms of the headwinds with, with um, sustainability and energy transition, one of the areas where we have a lot of lithium is right in Central America and Latin America. And look at where we are to be able to help with regards to moving these products in and out of the Western world. So, you know, what is your thoughts on, on the opportunities in shipping? I just wanted to get, get your perspective on that. Because that is one of the points that I wanted to, to kind of raise in terms of is, it, is this something that we should really seriously start looking at? All right. Well, um, l- l- let, me, let me answer like this. If we examine, if we examine wool maritime trade, we would see specific um, trade routes. Ideally, I'm saying that ships typically frequent uh, between certain countries in Asia and America and Europe and stuff. Right? So what the pandemic has done, it, it, it showed us that things that are critical for our everyday being, we cannot rely on traditional um, avenues to access these things. And COVID-19 uh, was was excellent in proving that to us, right? So the, these shortages um, of life-saving things, food, material for construction, all of the things that are causing prices to hike um, and, and, and reducing the purchasing power or the, or, or the value of your money, um, is affected by shipping. Is affected by the inability to access goods that are imported in, into this part of the world. What does that mean? That means that if we don't gain uh, or improve our ability to be self-reliant or, or resilient resilient in, in, in these times, what, we, what would end up happening is that we would have we would have a lot of money in our pocket. DJ Aaron pocket will be fat with money. Fat with money. And guess what? Guess what? He wouldn't be able to get much for it because of a, 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 a thing called inflation. Right? So what we have to do is we have to understand that not only Trinidad and Tobago is experiencing this, but other countries within our region is experiencing this. And therefore, not every country in our region has has had the benefit that we had in regards to our knowledge of shipment, our heritage and stabilization fund, the ability to have money to invest in such infrastructure and development and the ability to us to, to gain some efficiencies within that sector 
to pass that cost saving on to other countries that are in dire need of resources but can't afford um, to the inflation that is coming with the increased prices because of the international shocks and 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 fall of 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 the supply chains around the world. So we ideally need to be better at being a hub for this part of the world. No, again, I come in at the behavioral issues here. <laughs> right, that is that is my bag right now because yeah. this is not the inadequate. This is not a shortage of resources. Right, this yeah. is not a shortage of opportunity. Right, what we have is a case of even if we have adequate resources, being able to distribute them accordingly is a factor. Right, being able yeah. to purchase them is one thing, but being able to distribute them so that they can be purchased has been proven to be our issue this last round. Right. Anybody who establishing a business, small, micro, even if it's something as simple as um, you're making something in front of your yard to sell, if you don't have an outlet, then customers cannot purchase and consume. Right. However, we're looking at Trinidad and Tobago's ranking in terms of the ease of doing business, in terms of things like transparency index. We making it harder on ourselves to do the things that we already well equipped to do, because it's actually easier in some cases to go and set up shop somewhere else than to use the shop we have set up. That is that is my struggle right now. That as economically sound as our opportunities may be in terms of even the innovation that we have as a people, even in terms of the resilience, we still chucking our stick in we own bike tire and then complaining when we fall down. So I I curious, regardless of what numbers they spit at us over the next couple of weeks, in terms of how, how in terms of behavior, in terms of the, the ethical decisions we're making and that type of thing, even in terms of something like setting up a bank account, mm-hmm. what can we do? What can we do? on a policy level, on a personal level, so that the benefits of good economic decisions could actually reach us? That is a difficult question. And it is a difficult question because it is, it is, a, it is a question whereby each individual is going to have to do something um, within their being to benefit um, from some of the things that they will do in the national budget. That is what you're, you're asking, right? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Well, I would say, you know, we just, I'm actually in the process of closing off uh, some, some training. Uh, and, and this training was very significant. Uh, it, it was facilitated by um, Compete Caribbean and IDB. And the issues within that training and, and, and 13 countries within the Latin American and Caribbean region participated. And these type of questions are the same questions that we discuss within that um, forum. And ideally, ideally, the question you're asking, how can an individual benefit from some of the policy changes that the government is going to make? Well, for me to effectively answer that question, I would need to know what are the policies in the first instance, right? 
But separate from that, I would say um, there's only so much that they can do given where we are right now in regards to the economic climate and in regards to the political maturity of the five-year term, right? So given my understanding of those two mediating factors or two factors that control what they do, right? What I would expect is national spending to increase in certain areas to unlock certain projects, right? What does that mean for the citizen of Trinidad and Tobago? It means that we can expect to see uh, improvement in certain sectors uh, uh, in regards to jobs availability. We can also expect to see, I would say, given the increase in inflation and the political maturity of the, ten of the current tenure, we can expect to see some conversation around food and how to control food prices. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, what can the average person do? I, I mean... The, the question is a loaded question, as I say. We really need to know what the the policies are. Mm -hmm. But for me, if, if, if you're asking me at a personal level, right, my answer may be a bit different from the, the response I, I gave you because I, I am of the view at a personal level that, you know, as my grandmother used to say, right, as my grandmother used to say, um, these people have the job to do. And when I get up on the morning, I also have my job to do, right? Government could change. I still have to handle my business, right? So, I mean, these th this is how we were raised. And what it means is that you have to be a little, a little careful with how you spend your money. You know, you have to, you have to understand that uh, inflation is real. And therefore, if inflation is real... I need to have an understanding that as time passes, the value of my money will decrease. So if I have a million dollars in the bank and I can buy a million dollars of things today, that same million dollars in the bank, I could only buy $900,000 of, of value with it tomorrow. So I, at the individual level, need to start making some wise decisions in regards to money management, right? We are culture, we like the party. You know, I talking to you right now and I whining, right? Because this is how I just have my fun, you know, with these kind of conversations, you know? So what I saying is that um, that thing will stop no time soon, the, mm. the, 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 the carnival party and approach. But we need to understand that. And I mean, since I was a child, you would hear people like me say the same thing. You know, we need to be a little more careful with your spending. Da, 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 and, and, you know, people just living. But but the reality is, is what you want to achieve. If you want to achieve some, some investment, if you want to achieve some mobility, social mobility, improve your, your, your conditions, buy some assets, is, is what you want. Each individual wants different things. Some people just want to have a good time. Some people want to invest. Some people want to, you know, it's what you want. And based on what you want, you have to make adjustments because 
the times are getting harder. And what do I mean by that? Financially, the value of our money, um, it, it is getting a little more uh, uh, difficult to do all the things we would have previously enjoyed and therefore we have to make choices. Hmm. Now, I was listening very attentively there and two things stood out to me. One, inflation. And I think for the average citizen, which Ricardo is speaking about, they need to understand and appreciate that inflation is not unique to Trinidad and Tobago. We would have discussed that before. It's and going as grassroots as it is here is not keep fault. Kate, no, is not. Is like K E E T, yeah. K E E T. Yeah. Kate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a feeling right. it was. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that that fell enough from. Yeah. From Pfizer, but mm-hmm. yeah. Now I thought he was from um Granville actually, but cool. Um, yeah, probably the same fella. You know, we've moved out around a lot. Yeah, K E E T. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Inflation is not unique to our shores. So understand that Trinidad and Tobago is is affected by macroeconomic factors, which as plain as it is, are out of our control. Correct. We, we just learned about the, the shipping debacle, which COVID would have put us through and continues to put us through. We produce very little here, if you all don't know enough. Like when I say very little, I really mean very little. If you go to the grocery, you could probably count on your fingers and toes how many of your favorite items to purchase are locally produced. So we are the mercy of those ships whenever they may come and whatever taxes they may be charged. Because we know how customs is be very fickle when they decide to charge you $20 for sneakers one day and $200 for the same sneakers another day. Right? Mm. That's point one. And the second thing is, you touched on the fact that Trinidad, it has a very, we have a very, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, boy? Happy culture, for want of better words. Do you think that pushing our, our diversity of the economy towards our entertainment sector to be a viable option? Because let's look at it. I don't know if these other gentlemen know. They launched the Tobago Music Festival earlier this week. And they just touted that there would be a prominent Afrobeats star at this festival. So can entertainment be viewed as a viable means of diversity? Uh, Brendan, you handling that question or is it for me? My automatic answer is yes. I mean, mm. there are models where there's, I mean, there's the US, there's Jamaica, there's, you know, but I'll, I'll hand over to you, Dr. Perry. All right. So my, yeah. my, my thing with um the creative sector, well, first to begin, you know, in my teens, I, I was a, I, I was a, a, a creative myself. I was in that space, you know, doing my thing, you know, and and stuff. And it was one of the best experiences I ever ever had. And you know, it taught me how to be creative. And that creativity now has rolled over into my uh, current career, right? And 
because I had that experience as a creative and because I'm now an academic, I understand certain things about the creative space. One thing I understand about the creative space is for the creative space to thrive, it needs to have an ecosystem to do so. Right? There needs to be systems and processes within this sector for it to thrive. Right? So we will everyone will always look to Jamaica and say, look, Jamaica being successful, da, 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 da. Jamaica takes its culture industry very seriously. There's an entire ministry as, uh, uh, attached to it. There are, there are the, the rate at which they produce talent and market and sell talent, groom talent. All the management faculties that we teach at a business school is implemented within the sector, right? In Trinidad and Tobago, I would say that the industry needs more formalized approaches, right? For growth and development, structured growth and development and that would be my response for that should we do it of course we should do it of course we should do it because you know i remember you know while living abroad when somebody hears a song a song a song whatever about our culture it makes you feel proud as a Trin trinidadian you know as a trinbegonian it makes you feel proud and therefore, we, we, we like to say that we have the greatest show on earth, Carnival. And I would go as far as to say, if we are purporting, or if we are claiming to have the greatest show on earth, which is a service-based sector, then we need to have standards of a service-based sector maintained. Right? We need to have you see, service as a sector, when you go to certain parts of the world, service as a sector, it is something taken seriously. And I think we need to put a little more emphasis on how serious we, we want to take this sector because how serious we take it in regards to interaction, communication, spending, systems, processes, marketing, sales, all of these things will determine what would happen with Carnival in the years to come. We could stay at where, at where we are right now in regards to full in the streets of Port of Spain, or we could take our show to full out um, a, a concert as Marshall did. But Marshall is an individual, right? We want to take a product carnival outside. There are so many spaces. In it. It's not just Toronto and, not, and Notting Hill. It's so many spaces and so many things we can do with Carnival. But we really need to, I would say, as a service sector, raise the bar a bit and implement standards in there. We should have quality and quality management persons in there with, with standards and doing monitoring and evaluations and, 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 and a lot of things need to happen in there. Process, 
developmental standard operating procedures and 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 and, and management companies for 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 productions and 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 and, and content management and all kind of thing that you could do there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I just have one more, well, two more things before I shut up for the rest of the episode. A prime example of this, we are hosting Tobago Carnival on the 28th to the 30th of October 2022. And we want the world to come, but yet still me and Trinidad can't get a flight. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's partially um because of the fourth watchword now. Oh, that's the fifth one. The, the fifth, fifth one. Because I'm not going to bring up the fourth watchword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, Dr. Flurry, fondly this, on this show, I have doted that the watchwords of Trinidad and Tobago are discipline, tolerance, production, subsidy, and here for the comments. <laughs> right? <laughs> With respect to the fourth one, which is subsidy, do yes. you think a revision of the, subs- the current subsidies which are in place in our country would assist in freeing up more funds for non-recurrent expenditure? Well, um... You know, this this is a this is the kind of question that could um you know uh, my tires could get air dung and I could get you know <laughs> toilet paper pelt at me and thing, you know. We get out in Skinner Park when we go back next year for fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of because you see the answer you see the answer I might give mightn't be the the answer people want to hear. You know what I mean? But I will still give it because I like to be as um, open as I can, and that's this is why we're here, mm-hmm. right? And um, this is my opinion, right? So, Ascension, an unpopular response. One, one, that yeah, yeah, yeah. one that might suggest that we let market market forces reflect more accurately. Right. Right, 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 right. So so mm-hmm. you need you need, you need to understand something about subsidy. I like it. We all like it. Right? We all like it. But at the end of the day, the the things changing. Things changing every day. Right? And when things change, okay, let me put it like this. Right? Let me put it like this. You, 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 um, Brendan, you are, you are a married man. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you, you, your son come to you. Daddy, I want um, a certain toy. You give him the toy. Daddy, I want to go um, a movie with my friends. You give him the money to go to the movies with my friends. Daddy, I want care. See, you buy the care. Right? You do that August mountain. September mountain, um, a tree fall next to your house, blocking you from, from exiting your um your garage. You had to call a crew to remove it. So that's 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 money. That you have to take away from your, your 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 disposable income, right? That is money that you didn't initially budget for 
you didn't plan for because it was an unforeseen event. Right? But you have to deal with it because if you don't deal with that, you cannot come out of your garage and you cannot go and make a living. Right? So when your son comes to you the following month, then, now your son gets sweet on you because he gets toy, he gets KFC, and he gets cinema. Right? So your son comes the next month and says, Daddy, I want toy, I want movie, and I want KFC. You now in a predicament because you don't want your son to cry. You love your son. Right? Mm-hmm. But you know you have responsibilities as the head of your home. Right? And you have to tell him, here what? I handle this responsibility. You have to take two things. You cannot get three. Why? Because conditions change. And that is no different at the national level. Right? Now, here's the problem. Here, here, here where the problem comes. The problem comes with you telling yourself you love your son so much that you handle these responsibilities as a man here at your home and still want to give him that. And if you do that, you have to you have to find the money from somewhere else. You know what that is called? Borrow. Borrow. That is mm-hmm. called borrow. You have a whole word to talk about that. It's called borrow. Right? When you borrow, guess what you have to do? You have to pay back with what? Interest. Interest. And then the cycles go on and on because you're trying to satisfy your son. Right? Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that subsidy is a nice thing. Subsidy is a nice thing. We have enjoyed subsidy for a very long time, but the fact is, right, the things that gave us that subsidy is now deprived. Petrochrin is what? What is that? Is a legacy company under the TPHL group. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Our oh, ability well to make said. money from these from that energy sector has, has has been depleted to an extent that we cannot afford the standard of living that we previously had. Alright, circa 2008. Right? And, and 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 therefore we have to adjust. And if we continue to put a strain on the government, they will continue to to try to find the money either by borrowing or increased taxation. So here what? <laughs> and it's, it's a funny thing, eh? You going and protest for an increase in pay and the government increase in taxation. So ideally, you, you're not really moving forward because you're not getting additional money to spend. Uh, here, here now, I just want to say, I love that analogy. Love, 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 love. Love it. <laughs> You're, you're about 2% increase, but then you're probably going over the tax threshold or into our next NIS bracket. But it's cool. You fight for 2%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you're saying is the longest August over? Basically, you know, basically. Champagne tastes and more be pocket. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I mean, you know, if I were elected as prime minister in the morning, right? The size of the public sector will have to come down under my governance. Dr. Fleury, I would strongly suggest that you <laughs> call a ride share, take a taxi, public transport, because you don't know who's looking to head on your tire. You know, I support you. 
Now, hear this, eh? My whole, from the minute I started my career, every time somebody see me, they would look at me and say, you coming in here for business performance and to improve things and you're faking people's jobs and da, da, da. Because people like to look at change, agents of change like that, right? But I want to say that we are so highly skilled as a people because of past policies like GATE and the experience that we have in working with the oil sector and all of these things. When you look at the combination of talent that we have as a people, right? I will go as far as to say that we underselling it because it is employed in the public sector. One thing I could attest to is the skill sets that we have developed that are being underutilized because we get too reliant on only expressing them in one place or at one time. Correct, correct. If we take some of that talent and redirect it with a under under a, under a service sector drive to attract foreign um, foreign investment uh, uh, and to attract foreign reserves in the country mm-hmm. as a national agenda. You don't think we will be successful? Last, about two weeks ago, I was privy to host a family that came in from the States. It's Trinese and second generation Trinese. But they literally came back to Trinidad and Tobago for a week just to eat food in different places around the country. A whole food tour just to eat roadside and small and micro business food. A whole tour. That's flights. That's currency spending. That is maxi and shuttle service. That is tips. What I mean is, this is a family of trainees who dedicated time to just come back to Trinidad to eat food. Food uh, food tourism in Trinidad and Tobago. Anyway. I need to know curry ice cream. Um, curry ice cream, I'll just say. But, um, you don't even eat peppers or zavoka, so you really poorly qualified to talk about what you're not eating. But anyway, <laughs> sir, <laughs> actively listening. Go ahead, make your point. I, I was actually going to support your point. <laughs> Noted. Right. Actively listening. Go ahead. Right. Support no, it. But, but no, but really and truly, we have some very interesting and unique aspects of our economy, which if marketed correctly, can bring in a lot of revenue. As Ricardo just said, food. Right? Like 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 call out some food. Mm-hmm. Entertainment with carnival, mm-hmm. and and not just carnival in terms of the fet set. We talking carnival in terms of the cultural aspect. Sick fighting, wow. kaiso, pan. Because to me, we have the best pan festival on the face of the earth. That is panorama. Hey, salute, Moko Jambi. Still, mm. still performers all yeah. over the world. Training, right. training on that people who train in Sandu. Like, big up junior business. Big right. up junior. Right. Um, 
I'm not going to say the bird watching the largest brain coral on the earth is in Tobago. Nariva and Caronitos. The numerous mud volcanoes. There are so many opportunities for tourism in our country, and I think that it's one of the most undervalued, underutilized, and underappreciated aspects of our economy. But again, this is just me. I might sound like I ranting. Also, we have top of the line athletic arenas here. The aquatic center in Cuba, the cycling center. Tobago apparently is touted to host the next Carifta Games. That's the Dwight York Stadium in Tobago. We oh, have so, so opportunities. Do you use in one of these stadia? Yeah. Mm, nice. Nice. Even though, the, even though the car used a certain one in Sando because um the, st- the, the roof has been compromised. But anyhow, that's another discussion again. <laughs> but we are getting the opportunities for the different aspects of tourism to get persons onto our shores to convert their currency for ours and to spend it. But to do that, we need to do what Dr. Flery is saying and increase the service industry. It's a shame that we closed down the one school in our on our shores that taught people how to properly execute service in the hotel industry. How you want proper tourism with all people that equipped in the service industry. It's alright to go down over the over the two years. What I'm yeah. saying is we Brendan, I know opportunity cost is one of the things they like to talk about. How, how much opportunity are we losing because we're not properly stewarding the resources we actually have? Mente- maintenance. Listen, uh, there, there's a... I mean, I, I'll, pull, I'll pull something that I learned from Dr. Ferry. I remember one of his first things he taught us was there are two ways in which you can improve Let's say a business, quote unquote, Trinidad and Tobago, the business of Trinidad and Tobago, right? Your business, right? You could try to sell more, right? I produce more and I sell more. So you sell more by marketing and stuff like that. And you could actually, you know, we actually did some calculations and then figure out, okay, I can make this amount if I, if I just push a little bit more. And then we look at the processes, how to get things done, efficiency, right? Building up things from the ground. And I mean, he was able to show us that when you focus on processes, mathematically, you improve your outcomes by miles with less effort and input into it. So if we focus on delivery of these things, we could transform the way we do things, you know? And I'll share this about talent. Yeah, Dr. Ferry talked about talent. I went to a family event recently. I met a young man. So I asked him, I said, wait, wait, you know? He said, boy, you know, I can't find anything. So applying my degree and my education and stuff into advanced using technology and gardening and stuff, right? Now, he's an electrical engineer. And he has a background in artificial intelligence, right? Yeah. Hmm. And he can't find anything to do in China. So he gardening. I'm not saying that that is not uh lucrative and a noble profession it is mm-hmm. but the kind of things that he is talking about in terms of using like artificial intelligence to improve the way we do things i mean a couple of minds with a very good computer 
And this man is talking about like, I mean, you know, I am, I, I've been talking about energy, right? So using AI to model loads and them kind of thing. And, and that just means sending power to where it's needed in time to run your generators more efficient. Mm-hmm. We're talking about if I could achieve a 10 to 15% efficiency in terms of power. It is gas that you could sell where it being sold in Europe for $26 per MMBTU. Normal market price a few years ago was $2. Eh? Hmm. That's Forex by young people sitting down behind the computer developing the software. We could save billions of dollars. So I use that as an example because I mean, I know it's a little bit wonky, but is about is really about understanding what we want having the mindset of hey this is something that we need to focus on building processes and have the talented people i mean and 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 when we think about the public service sometimes it's a reallocation of those persons into things that help us build more revenue and building revenue may not necessarily be just an addition but it could be doing what we normally do but just doing it better, better. I'm sorry to rant there, but it, it is, I mean, Dr. Sorry, uh, uh, there are some points there that would come into mind. I'm not going to say, well, that's why I get in the class, huh? But, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would never stop, um, you know, um, this guy from saying what he has to say, you know, because, you know, he's saying good things. Hmm. I'm curious, because I want to know from the doctor now. We identify some of the ailments we navigating, but what what I what I'm curious about though is with so many so many people seeking their own interests or at least not having a unified policy to follow. How could we possibly together aspire, together achieve when we can't even together agree? Right. Right. In terms of economy, no. You, you gave me a brilliant idea already yeah? because, gentlemen, I don't know if all you know this, but I think we should do a Prime Minister for a day follow-up episode. Right? And what I was curious about now is from an economic standpoint, you had yeah. one thing, one thing to focus on. Let me put it this way. We put any reins completely in your hands for the yeah. next budget or yeah. this one, whichever one you want. But we put any yeah. reins completely in your hands. The car modify unless it's to improve and everybody have to come on board and support this specific thing until it is achieved what would it be okay all right before answer that question i just wanted to say one thing mm-hmm. from brendan's conversation you know um and I want to give a personal story for people to understand. Sure. You know, the minute I, I, I don't know if people are, your listeners are anything like me, but the minute I get comfortable, I kick up my foot, I'm watching a show, I think, I cannot be concerned about staying up late to do this and read that and and fix that and build that and come up with new ideas with that. And I'm saying the, we are creative, educated people. But you see that, that 
hunger, that drive, that scarcity that is needed to push us to use what we have to create something that doesn't exist to better our environment, that is something that we lack because of that whole idea of being a all-rich country, right? Economists will call it the Dutch disease. The effects of the Dutch disease, right? So, back to the question, what I would do, right? So, to answer that question, you know, people just get upset with me because I doesn't answer directly. Eh? I just go wrong and then come to the thing, right? But I like to create a context. Eh? Listen, I have to say it because look, Aaron holding his head already. Uh, I've been accused of being long-winded, but I would just prefer to say that um, you know, I'm not known for my, <laughs> my, my brevity of breeze. But yeah, as, I was ex- yeah, yeah. as I was explaining to Aaron, well, I'm in the rightness. Yeah, I, I create context. I like yeah. to create context. So you, context sir, is important. you, sir, I, I, two thumbs up already, and you even answer yet. Context is important. Right? Thank you very much. Yes, so, as, as you were. And it goes back to the whole idea on how do we diversify. And if we understand an approach to diversify, then the answer to the question will become easy. Right? So, what is the answer to the question? Well, how should we diversify? Okay, let's examine some ideas on diversification. Right? If you want to go into a space that you didn't previously exist before, right? How would you do so right now in your profession? That's a question to you. I would observe the people who either already in this space or look right. for the reasons why nobody else there. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So let's go with your first answer. You would look, you would basically understudy mm-hmm. the people who are already in the space. Yeah. Right? That was done by China. Right? That was done by China. That was done by Korea, South Korea. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereby they created a environment that attracted foreign direct investment. And they didn't just exist as labor. They didn't just, they put policies in place for transferring of knowledge. And then after they put policies in place for transferring of knowledge, they quickly began to build an ecosystem to create their own thing. Hmm. Right? So what am I trying to say here? I'm trying to say if you want to diversify an economy, first of all, you need to have a point of origin from which you are diversifying. That point of origin must be based on something you're already good at. Right? So the switching course or the learning curve or the time it takes to become what you want to become will be shorter. Right? Secondly, if you want to diversify, you need to understudy people or work with people, form agreements and attract the people in the space you want to go in and 
develop policies. Like right now, Guyana is saying you want to come and do business in Guyana. There are certain policies you, you, you have to follow. They are already putting things in place for that transfer of skill and knowledge. Because they look, they're looking to upskill and do it on their own. And rightfully so. So I am saying the first principle, understand what you are good at. The second principle, partner with who are already good and develop policies to upskill in the shortest possible time. And I would say further to that, the third principle is um, after you understand how to do things, not just what to do, because if you just understand what to do, we would be fulfilling the, the requirements of a plantation economy being beast of labor, right? But how to do things, right? We need to be able to brainstorm and create things on our own that is native to our land. And when we are able to do that, then we will be able to create market spaces and customers and consumers for our outputs, for original produced things. And, and that is ideally the transition. So what you want to know specifically is what sector I would focus on. I would focus on... Can I get a drum roll? <laughs> yeah, you're getting... Iran, Iran will kill the drum roll. We're putting that in. Right. I would focus on the energy sector. Right? Now, I am not a proponent of the energy sector in that I wouldn't come and talk energy sector talk and say, let's do energy thing and, you know. But it is where most of our talent is and, 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 and high-skilled, high high-skilled, high-paid talent. And when I say energy sector, don't limit it to, to just people who are doing oil and gas-related things. The downstream and upstream things as well, including including things like um, um, geology and, and, and all of those other things, right? So what I would do is I would, I would take persons from that sector and create an aggressive service sector, an aggressive service sector with energy management and downstream-related um, 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 services. I will also take my computing and information because now that we move, now that we diversify, diversifying in this space, one of the biggest problems we have is skills, ability to do things is grounded in, a, in individuals. Right? What I mean. If you if if you leave this if you are good at this job, and you are, we are not bringing that into question. But if you are good at this job and you leave this this post, the performance of this post will fluctuate based on whether or not the other person is good. I am saying. So, somebody to... somebody said for me now. Yeah Please. yeah, Iran Iran Iran. This is you you on you on Flurry talk before this thing starts, you know, because succession planning. Yeah. That has that has been a, a peeve. The lack yeah. of succession plan has been a peeve. But anyway, yeah. yes, sir. Mm -hmm. So we need to remove the person, right? I'm not saying to remove people, eh? 
I mm-hmm. said we need to move, we need to remove the person Sense. as the locus of focus, right? In, in in regards to performance, in regards to making money, in regards to efficiency, we need to remove the person and put processes and systems in place. What does that mean? We take in the person that that Brendan talk about, the 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 the, the engineer. The computer science guy, and we building things. We building management approaches and methodologies that we could sell to, for example, Suriname and Guyana. Then we're gonna send people over there on projects to manage not just not just the oil and gas, but the services around that now. Right? What we would have done there is create a whole pipeline, a whole industry of service sector things. Now that is for people who already in the sector, who already have the knowledge. We will support them with management services, right? All the management people and programmers and stuff, we will show that behind them. And we will build out a lot of competence in that space because we want to remove the competence and ability from the individual and put it into products and services that we could export. That's the first thing I will do. When that begins to make money, right when that begins to make money because that sector will make some significant money with what is going on in guyana which is very close to us when that begins to make money i would then look for the next sector within the economy that is our strongest sector right i will argue that that is the finance sector within Trinidad and tobago right what I would do within that sector? Well, I think that more people in Trinidad and Tobago, and, and, and we, see, we see all these little groups popping up in Forex and trading, and da, 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 da. that needs to become an engine within this country. We need to do that like more, we need to have more companies, private and public, in financial management and trading. Right? That is our next sector. That's the next sector I would focus on. The next sector I would focus on would be manufacturing. Right? Because we need to control the things we consume. And we need to manufacture things for other people to consume. That is the only way we could get a control of this thing called inflation. And I will stop at three because I, I, I might be boring you. You're not boring us, but what would I say? I'm glad it's up at three because we need to leave something for the Prime Minister for our day episode. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I love any points. I I don't know if we could break the mold and have <laughs> one guest back on, back to back, but this um this conversation, yeah. this conversation is important because what I'm what I'm getting from what it is you're saying is that under some introspection and then we integrate ourselves in a community that could inform and educate us, apply some innovation, then we could implement and then export that particular process. We actually looking at investing in intelligence as an industry. Correct. For both the energy sector and finance sector. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
I mean, Dr. Flurry, I, I know we running a little bit low on, on the time. Eh? I know we set a little time limited here. So I hope you don't mind if we indulge you. That's one less one one last set of questions, please. Um problem. I, I, I really want to ask. Let me see. I, I, again, context is important. Eh? So I'm setting a little context. 2018, um, I was lucky enough to get through to go on this trip to China, you know. Help sponsor through Chinese consulate in to be one university. And I would have had a conversation, kind of gave my mind already, because Dr. Ferry have spent a number of years um, studying at one of the top universities for technology in China, right? And um, and there was me before the trip, and there's me after, right? Because there was a visceral type of experience that I had in seeing what was happening in terms of development. Um, but is not the big things that I saw that was impactful, but the small things. I remember coming down the end of a day after a whole day of meeting university professors and stuff like that. The fellows from Kazakhstan decided through the little language barrier that we're going to look for beer to drink, right? <laughs> so we walk right outside the campus, um, Beijing University. And we, there's a lady with like no, normal thing, like on the side of the road, or like all Trinidad and Tobago side of the road type of thing, right? And we want to buy, you know, some uh, cold beer. And to pay for it, she takes out her phone, opens WeChat, we open WeChat, scan, we collect the beer, right? I'm talking about. The whole premise of how to get things done using technology to help improve, right? And making it accessible for all. That is the thing that kind of really shocked me. So the question I have for you, Dr. Clary, from your experiences in using technology in terms of business processes, getting things done, is there anything that you would have experienced like in your years across there that you saw where technology was transformational that, you know, if we got like a little bit of an understanding of how good this thing could be, that could help like in Trinidad and Tobago, anything that might be kind of unusual or maybe not thought of um, in the traditional sense that you see where technology could be applied to get things done in a, in a way that is more efficient for everybody. Okay, so to answer this question, let me, let me just give you a, a, a precondition to, to the response. For technology to achieve what you just described, some, some things need to exist. One, at the policy level, right? One is we need to, um, we, we, we live in a democracy, but in regards to um initiatives, innovative initiatives and transforming the economy and all of that stuff, our approach to development may need some more democratizing. Thing number one. All right. Thing, thing number two. When we create a society that enables anybody with the right idea, right? And the right team 
to come together and build things to improve the lives of persons. Because you can control ideas. Eh? You might be able to control capital. You might be able to control a number of things, but not ideas. And ideas is what we need. Right? So we need to create an economy or a society like the countries like China. Right? They have policies in place that push their larger companies out in regards to internationalizing the larger companies. So here what happens. The performance of the larger companies, once you go into a certain bracket, you have to start to look outside. You have to focus outside, which would enable the domestic market to build new companies. Right? Which will then grow and the policies when you reach a certain size, the policies will then force you out. So what it means is that you're continually creating an ecosystem of growth and development. So these things need to be enforced at the policy level in Trinidad before we could start to see more of what you're talking about, Brendan. Ideally, your question is a question that I could say anything to because there are so many process improvement <laughs> things that could be done in this country that if we start to talk about that, you might have to bring me back for a third session. What I could say in a nutshell is that with technology, and we saw that in the pandemic, with technology, lives were easier. Our lives were easier with technology. Right? And that is not even technology optimized. Thank and that's what I have to say. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I really like that because it's like you're creating a revolving door to ensure that once you reach a certain point, you pass through and you're giving somebody else that chance to take a spin at it. Yeah, I like that. What um what I see that does is also an antitrust, anti-monopoly mechanism as well. Because now rather than a company getting so big that it stifles the competition or the innovation that could lead to its growth, you expand outward. Which right. would which would I uh, put the, the companies in positions to use the same size and use the same expertise to get forex. Correct. Hmm. Which is not our reality. No. And generate more more taxes as well because once you started talking dealing in foreign currencies you're dealing a different tax structure as well so all right all right yeah. um it's at is at this point we, we do another random or well i i i i pass it on to you if you have a, a last question to ask. i mean i i i asked my belly full here yeah i enjoy myself i gave i asked my last question when i'm Prior to yours, Brendan. So I, I good. I real good. I, I, I asked mine before Ricardo. So yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, oh boy. I, I mean. I, I, you know, I have one more question to ask. Will you be willing to come back for our next episode? <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Not a problem. Yeah. Because we get to get in here, you know. 
Because mm-hmm. right. yeah, this was yeah. this was our, our nutritious conversation. I think I think to say it was rich and engaging will be an understatement. This yeah. was a nutritious conversation. Yeah, but I still want to eat the noodles. Yeah, yeah, you're looking like your gas. Um, <laughs> well, listen, I I just want to thank you, Doctor Flurry, for taking the opportunity to join us in Inquisitive Minds. I this. I, we have a lot to process in this conversation. It is it has been a rich discourse, and Brendan, I want to congratulate you for a brilliant concept and execution. Aaron, well, thanks for um, you know everything, 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 everything. Aaron is the glue that keeps us together. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Doctor Flurry, Thank you, Doctor Flurry. <laughs> yeah, you know how to get a little something but um this has been uh this was a beautiful conversation and if it wasn't for the fact that uh we have physical and temporal limitations i i believe we would be able to continue so i feel it's better we leave them wanting a little more rather than um coming out feeling over stuff so yeah, thank you very much gentlemen um aaron brendan well dr ferry i mean thanks a million for for engaging us. I mean, um, I I always enjoy your perspective in terms of these things. Um, uh, and the, the way you know, sometimes we think about diversification always as the addition of more. Maybe maybe we should start thinking about us doing what we know how what we know how to do, but doing it better. Um, yeah. And and we need to start seeing it in, in that kind of light as well. You know. Mm-hmm. And, and he, uh, uh, asking us to close first, way, um, as, as per usual. <laughs> uh, apparently, like this is my new role in the show. Oh, yeah, no, you just bring it over. Right. Um, again, I echo the sentiment, sentiments of the other two gentlemen by saying thank you, Dr. Flurry, for taking your time and um, getting the Wi Fi borrowed to join <laughs> us inside another edition of Inquisitive Minds. All right. Um, if there's one thing I'm going to walk away with from this from today's discourse is that you have to know what you are good at and where you are before you could look at expanding any further. And I think Trinidad and Tobago, we know the things we are good at. We just need to figure out where we are in that process before we can take ourselves further. Hmm. All right. As I said, this is Inquisitive Minds where whatever you put an S, you put a Z. Z. Catch us on all streaming platforms and also on YouTube. Hey, and keep it locked. We have more more in store. I would like to ask you, Dr. Flurry, is there um, anything you would like to say in closing? Anyone that you want to send a special good evening or good morning to? And... For those of us who didn't have the benefit of studying uh, on the year and don't have your number and email like Brendan, is there a way for us, John Public, to be able to glean from some of this? Um, your social media, your, is there, you are you publishing? How can how can we get more of this without knowing you personally? Yeah, if you, I mean, some of my ideas, you, you Google the name, mm-hmm. and my, some of my papers will come up. Uh, you could you could find me on um. Uh, LinkedIn All right. uh, as well um, and if you contact uh, you know the, the university at uh, Jack Global School you can you can get me there uh, and, and yeah I'm, I'm 
people anybody who wants to i'm interested in 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 letting john public understand these type of things because you know it is that is the person that has to make the decision uh you know we could sit in a room with people that are all you know alike and talk about these things all day but until the person out there understands these ideas uh, we would have to wait for change so change happens by your listeners and uh, and i hope that it 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 will definitely incite some thought and stimulate further conversation so thanks for your time guys